Welcome to the Deep Bass Podcast, where we take a hard look at the element that makes or breaks games and music. I'm Peter Thomas, and I'm joined by my co-host, Cody Haltom. We are happy to have you along with us on our journey through Animal Crossing New Horizons. What's going on, Cody? Happy holidays, Peter. Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. This is an exciting episode. I feel like this game really epitomizes the holiday season. Yeah, it definitely is. We wanted to do this a lot earlier, but because of life stuff, we haven't been able to, unfortunately. But I'm glad that we have a chance to talk about it now. I know. And we're not just talking about it alone. We have a no, guest. Hi, Carly. Hey. <laughs> we have Carly Ritchie, a.k.a. Kayo Colado. I had to say it the way that Lincoln Rhett did. I feel like that's such an iconic way to say your name, even though it's totally wrong. It's pretty close. They got surprisingly close, I have to admit. I was okay with it. Well, thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you. I feel like I know you as like the Animal Crossing person. I think when you, when I first found your stream on Twitch, that was what you were playing. You were playing like a butt ton of it on the 3DS. I definitely played so much New Leaf for sure. It's one of my favorites. I feel like Animal Crossing is one of those games that even if you're not a gamer, you can put this in front of anybody and they're going to enjoy playing this game. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's low key. You don't have to, there's no pressure or anything like that unless you count the debt that Tom Nook puts you in. But all of that stuff is just, it, it's what makes this game so endearing. Yeah, I had nothing. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I was like waiting. I was like, does Cody have anything? Nothing? Okay, cool. I'm in pain, Peter. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Yes, Cody cracked a rib giving somebody a hug. I don't know how you do what? that. That's the most extreme hug I've ever heard of. And it was one of the worst hugs too. So if I, everyone listening, if I don't seem like my normal chipper self, I'll be okay. But I'm just trying not to laugh or move too much because it hurts a little bit, but I'm powering through. We need to get this episode done. It's been far too long. That's right. That just means that Carly and I are going to work extra hard to really just make him laugh as much as possible. Oh, don't you dare. People have already been trying to hug me and I swear to God. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the game history and we'll knock that out. Then we'll talk a little bit about our personal backstories with how we got started in the Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing New Horizons is a life simulation video game developed and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo Switch. It is the fifth main entry in the Animal Crossing series and was released on March 20th, 2020. New Horizons was a major commercial hit, breaking the console game record for most digital units sold in a single month with 5 million cells and has currently sold over 26 million copies. I'd like to attribute some of that probably to COVID. Currently standing as the 28th best-selling video game in history, it became the best-selling game in the Animal Crossing series, the best-selling Nintendo Switch exclusive, the second best-selling game on the Nintendo Switch, and the second highest-selling game of all time in Japan. Animal Crossing New Horizons was composed by, oh God, I'm going to butcher this name so bad, Yasuaki Iwata, Yumi Takahashi, Shinobu Nagata, Sayako Doi, and Masato Ohashi. I'm, again, terribly sorry if I butchered that. I'm not good with Japanese names. 
The soundtrack features a host of new songs for each hour of the day, and each song will change slightly based on the weather. And that's something I wanted to note in here because I know that on our list, there are some songs that we like more for the sunny season or the rainy season or what have you. But what we'll be playing today will be all of the snowy versions of the song. So while they may not be the actual pick that we go with, we will be using those just to keep in tune with the holiday season right now. I want to start with you, Carly. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with Animal Crossing? I am a little bit newer to the series than I feel like most people are. I'm the baby of my family. I've got two much older sisters. So when I was growing up, I really didn't have much say in like what games or consoles we got. So when I was 15, I finally got my very own console, my very own handheld, a DS Fat, the original one. And my dad took me out to get it. I knew that my main objective was actually to get Nintendogs. I loved Nintendogs. But whoever was selling it to us suggested that I get the blue DS, which came bundled with Wild World. And I was like, yeah, sure, because then I get two games instead of one. But I had no idea what it was. And I liked Wild World, but believe it or not, I almost decided not to get New Leaf because I thought Wild World was just like pretty all right. And what a huge mistake that would have been because New Leaf is by far my most played game on 3DS and I love New Horizons even more. This is one of my all-time favorite games. I relate so hard to the Nintendogs comment because I also got a 3DS just to play Nintendogs. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised by the, the remark of Wild World being just all right, though. I sunk so much time into that game and I remember thinking... It almost seemed like the graphics took a downgrade from Animal Crossing on GameCube to the DS. It really kind of looked a little edgy. It didn't have quite the same smoothing or anything like that. But I put so much time, especially in the multiplayer, opening the gates and just letting people run around and stuff like that. So I'm surprised to hear that you were just like, meh, it's okay. (laughs) I will be honest, it might just be because... Back then, I really didn't have any friends who played video games. Uh, Uh, I do remember going onto the forums and like visiting some people. And I have a memory of someone giving me all the pirate furniture, which I thought was awesome. But um, I think I think I just ran out of things to do or or to want to do because my friends didn't play. So we didn't have Twitch back then. So it was a little bit harder to find people to talk about games with. Very much so. And I remember those forums as well. I, I think that's actually how I found quite a few friends, which I will actually talk about a little bit more shortly. Cody, why don't you tell me a bit about your history? Before this, I had only ever played the GameCube version of the game, which was the original. With my GameCube, I actually had a portable screen and a car adapter so I could play games pretty much anywhere that I could drive. I often played Animal Crossing most on the 19-hour drive to see my family in Texas. The screen had poor, just really bad resolution, so I was limited on what I could play, but Animal Crossing always ran great. I loved this game as a kid. When this new game was announced, I was kind of on the fence about getting it, but with all the talk about it in the gaming world was kind of going on, I ended up picking it up. This became my quarantine game, like it was for so many others. When the world began to burn down, this game became my little escape to help calm my anxiety. Over time, I realized, though, that I had really outgrown this series. And after a few months, honestly, I kind of got bored with it. 
All right, I'm kicking you both off. All you guys with your negative comments on Animal Crossing, my baby. (laughs) No, it's not even that because this is a good game. It's a fantastic game. But one of the things about it, it's a sandbox. And you have to kind of choose what you want to do and what's interesting. Peter, I've been to your island, and that is a five-star resort. My island, I'm lucky if all the fruit trees are still planted together. So... That's kind of the different play styles. You know, I don't like designing things or I don't care about the layout, but I'll be damned or I'm not going to get my museum filled. Yeah, I feel like that's the beauty of this game is that you really can play it however you want. My wife and I both play and we play very differently. She doesn't care too much about like the collecting pieces or the museum or anything like that, but is very much into making her house very thematic. So if you were to visit it today, she's got all the seashell furniture everywhere. She's got anything that has to do with like mermaids and ocean, like all over the place. And it's, it's on every room, every floor, that kind of thing. Whereas me, all of my rooms are kind of compartmentalized. So you've got my one main room you walk into, it's all the antique set. And then you walk into another room and it's like the entire fruit set and stuff like that. So I think it really is a testament to how diverse this game can be just based on how you want to play it and still find enjoyment in it. I agree. And I honestly was surprised when this game came out, how many people were playing it. And by that, I mean, people that I did not expect to play Animal Crossing were playing Animal Crossing. And it may be, like you said, because of quarantine and all that. But I do think that there's a little something for everyone. I remember my friend list on Switch just being inundated with people playing. And like you said, it's like I saw these are folks that are like heavy Fortnite people or something like that, that just does not jive with the kind of genre that this game is. And all of a sudden they're playing Animal Crossing and I'm just like, oh, well, that's cool for me and my background. So I'm an OG guy. I've been playing since the GameCube and I Actually, I've only missed one title and ironically, it's New Leaf. I don't know if it was just a weird part in my life where I missed it when it came out. I just never ended up getting it, but I did end up getting Wild World and City Folk, which was essentially the exact same game on two different platforms. So that makes a whole lot of sense. But anytime I see a new Animal Crossing game, I kind of, I feel this childlike sense of magic and wonder that kind of comes with this. This was no different. They were showing trailers of all the different things you can do. Pole vaulting over rivers, which was new. Being able to do all these things that you couldn't do prior. But the biggest thing that blew my mind was terraforming. I saw that and I was just in love. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can finally take this island that used to be pre-generated and you were stuck with it, whatever you ended up getting, and now kind of make it my own. So it was just another way to take a game that I already loved and customize it even more to being the way that I did. And I did just that. I'd say about six months into playing, I took every single one of my island homes, moved them all to the beach. I destroyed my entire island, flattened it completely down to tier you know, zero, whatever the flat land is. And I completely made it my own. I put mountains where I wanted them. I put different areas. I made it so that I could actually get to Red's little boat without having to like climb ladders and stuff like that, which was a pain in the butt. I mean, I went ham on this game. It was just, it was a ton of fun. I'd say that my biggest stint with it was hard to play multiplayer on 
the GameCube because of the the format of it. But I my biggest multiplayer endeavors were through Wild World, which did have some online communication through the DS. And I actually still talk to people that I made friends with. I had no idea who they were just through the forums and things like that. And I still talk to them to this day. I, we talk about Animal Crossing. We share little life tidbits and things like that. So I've made some pretty good friends just from playing this game. I didn't remember that the GameCube version actually had multiplayer. I'd forgotten about that. It's not live multiplayer. So the way that you could do it was if your friend had a memory card that had a save file on it, you plug that into slot two, oh. you would take the train to their town and you could be in their town on your game, but they weren't there with you or anything like that. That was the only way you could show off your town. Okay. I, I remember that, but I was the only kid I knew that actually had this game. So I never had the opportunity to do that, but I do remember that being a thing that they did for this game. Okay, we're good. I almost forgot to note, I have a little tidbit at the end where I said that I am proud to say that I've only met Mr. Rossetti when I've lost power while playing, and I'm judging all of you time-hopping cheaters. Carly, did you time jump at all? You know, <laughs> when I played New Leaf, I did all the time, constantly, because I bought the game online, you know, through the eShop at midnight. And so I started playing the game. It was after midnight and they're like, okay, now go out into the world and do things. But there was literally nothing to do. And so I was like, well, I don't want to wait till tomorrow to play. And so <laughs> on the very first night I time traveled to the next day and then I was hooked, but eventually I did stop. And in new horizons, I, I pretty much don't, unless there's something very specific going on. Like my birthday was on a Monday. I didn't want to wait and like play on Monday night after work. So I, I time traveled to my birthday on Sunday and I played on Sunday. So yes, I do time hop occasionally now, not much. Okay. I don't time travel in new horizons, but man on the GameCube, I mean, during those car rides, I mean, there was nothing else to do. You know, you run out of things to do probably what, 15, 20 minutes of like your daily chore. So absolutely. I would time jump from day to day to day. I think we went there during the summer and by the time we got there in game, it was new year. I have heavy judgy eyes for both of you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the weird thing is that I, I, so I don't time hop. I try and play pretty true to the game. Not saying I haven't ever. I know that once or twice I have. My switch is set up for the parental controls so that I can get the monthly summaries of what I play. It's just something I've fun I've been doing on Twitter for like the last year and a half or whatever. When you have parental control set up, it actually doesn't let you change the time on your switch. I think it's because it would alter if you did have a child playing on it and they had like a time limit, it would mess with that. So you can't actually do any changing of the time on the switch when that's active. But my wife has been very adamant about not waiting around a day for us to move houses. So whenever we did that big island thing, we turned off the controls and we did fast forward time for that piece because it would have taken, let me think, moving 10 houses, then moving them back to where we wanted them. I mean, it would have been close to a month before we would have finished the island. So in that case, I can see where certain things, I guess it's okay. Hot meat kettle. 
That does make sense. And but in general, I will say there's a lot more to do in New Horizons than New Leaf. I mean, if you think back to New Leaf, it took 30 minutes real time to customize the look of one furniture item. So and any outdoor decorations whatsoever took a day to show up. So there is a lot more waiting to do in New Leaf. That's okay. So that's crazy that we've all been complaining at how long it takes for us to craft things at the craft bench when that existed in New Leaf. That's what I've been saying. (laughs) 30 minutes for one item. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah. I'm, and now I'm kind of glad that I missed New Leaf. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Well, with that all out of the way, we're going to go ahead and jump into our music lists. So obviously the most exciting part. And I'm actually really looking forward to this list because there's very little overlap, which I guess isn't saying too much since the soundtrack was like over 140 songs, not counting the KK music. Yeah, this was a big list. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and start off with our guest, Carly. So why don't you kick us off with your number five? My number five is Bubblegum KK air check version. I felt a little weird about putting the song on my list because I think it's become a little bit of a meme, but I had to because my whole island is kind of built around this song. It's a KK Slider song and it has Chrissy and Francine on the cover. They're pink and blue rabbits and they're sisters. That is canon. I always thought Chrissy and Francine were pretty cute and I always liked the song. But one day I was browsing the internet and I found something that someone said. And Peter, I'm sorry, but if you thought that I wasn't going to mention Splatoon at all today, you were wrong. Someone said that Chrissy and Francine are the squid sisters of the Animal Crossing world, and it blew my mind. They totally are. So I knew that I had to have them both on my island, and I built my island around them. They have a stage, they have merch booths, there are advertisements for their music, and the song itself is just so happy and cute. It reminds me of Carrie Pomu Pomu. I just really like it. how much I love your love for this game. I mean, honestly, (laughs) um, I can't talk about Splatoon because I haven't played it at all. This is a very cute track. You're right. Typically, I don't like the KK Slider tracks, but I think this is a new one for me, honestly. I looked it up and this plays during the end credits. So this was my first time ever hearing it. And I definitely think that it's one of his better tracks. The way that it works is that anytime you get a song from KK on Saturdays. For whatever reason, they roll the credits as as part of that. So you always see the credits every time you get one of his tracks. I liked this pick because I also had Chrissy and Francine on my island. Unfortunately, my wife did not like them. 
So they've been booted. It makes me sad every single day that I don't wake up and I get a bubbly Chrissy walking around or even the little diva Francine sitting there. I did not know, however, that it was canon that they were sisters. I just thought they were like really good friends or something like that. So that's pretty cool. As for the song itself, I think it's very fitting for their personalities. They are two different personality types, but somehow the track itself really fits in well for both of them. I have actually had this in my house a few times after I picked it up and I just, I like it. It's like you said, it's very, it is bubblegummy, right? It's, it's upbeat, it's poppy and fits very well. I think a little more so for Chrissy than it does Francine, but still for both of them, it was nice. The one thing I did want to note was that every one of KK's songs have this air check on the end of them. Do either of you know what that is? Yes. So I didn't know this until I started looking up the songs for the podcast, but the air check version is the version that is on like the quote unquote CD or record. It's the version you get and put into your stereo. And I'm don't know if the other version has a name, but I'm guessing it's just the not air check version is the version that KK slider plays, you know, the acoustic version, if you will. Got it. Got it. Yeah. The one where he speaks his animal ease as he sings the song. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. That. So I was happy to see that, you know, whenever we talked about these lists, I said that the KK songs were optional. I didn't want to force us to have another, what, 60 or 80 songs more to listen to, but I'm actually really glad you picked this song. I think it's, it's a good pick. And I, I love that your Island is themed around it. That's pretty awesome too. Yeah, I do love my stage. You can see it when you fly into my island and I think it looks pretty cool if I do say so myself. The one problem is that I actually put it up. It's it's a cliff, it's raised and not once have I ever found a single villager up there playing the instruments or singing along to the song. So I'm a little bit mad about that, but other than that, <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's I feel like we set up all these things for our animals and they never ever use them. Jerks. Not once. <laughs> All right, Cody, go ahead and tell me your number five. My number five is 6 p.m. Snow. This is the track that would always induce a nap from me. I'd come home from a stressful day at work and I would play this game. I'd collect my fruit, do some fishing, our daily in-game chores. And about that time I would be done, it would be around six o'clock. And this track would often put me to sleep while I was playing it. There are far more tranquil songs on this soundtrack, but of all the times the day tracks, this is the one that I have the strongest memory of, despite falling asleep to it the most.
this track to me, it's not bad. I like it, but for me, it's sandwiched between two tracks that I like much more, 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. So I, I don't have strong feelings about it, but it's not bad. Your word is law. So I, I will accept to be wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't play this game nearly enough or to the level that you and Peter have. So I, I will happily accept defeat on any of these. That has no bearing on which songs you like the most. So, yeah, this is yeah. this is not a contest. We're not here to crap talk on you, even though it's probably going to happen more because there's some words I've got for you. Oh, God, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so 6 p.m. is one of the few hourly songs that I think is actually better in its sunny version than it is in the rain or even the snow version. I'm probably a little biased, though, just because like you, Cody, this is really when I play most of the time. So this is, you know, shortly after work, turn on Animal Crossing, get whatever I need to get done. So I'd say that the time period between like six and seven is uh, when I would play. And then I play way late at night as well. So I, I actually really do enjoy this song. I think it's probably one of my favorite evening tracks, all things considered. One of the things that is notable about this soundtrack, as far as the hourly songs go, is that the theme around it was using this acoustic guitar, which kind of drives a lot of these tracks along. It's a nice touch that we didn't get. I can't speak for New Leaf, so maybe you can, Carly, but Wild World and the original Animal Crossing game were a lot more electronic instruments that kind of put it together. Did New Leaf have more of the real instruments, so to speak? That's a good question. I think I'd have to think about it a little bit. I don't think it sounded, you know, I, I'm drawing a blank. I don't remember. I, okay. I remember whistling um, <laughs> and maybe sounding a little bit toyish, if that makes sense. Yeah. Toy, toy piano, toy instruments, that kind of thing. It definitely was not like New Horizons. New Horizons definitely seems to have more real instruments. Right. Yeah. That's something that I think is really different for this game than it's been in any of the other ones. And I think that's a, a good way to put it is for Animal Crossing and Wild World, it was like toy instruments. They were something that you would hear is almost like a MIDI coming out of a, a toy when you press the button as opposed to real live instruments. And part of that was probably due to the constraints of the hardware that they were from. So that could be it. But that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, it's interesting. It was kind of the same with Breath of the Wild as well. I mean, I, I don't know because I'm not a Zelda buff, but they had real piano in the soundtrack and I, I kind of felt like that was new. I think it was. I know that they started leaning more towards that Twilight Princess, I believe, had some pretty epic scores mm -hmm. on it. Definitely not to the level of big orchestra, like something you would hear in a concert hall like Breath of the Wild did. Mm-hmm. All right, Peter, what is your number five? My number five is the prologue phase four. When we got this game back in March, I was actually really disappointed when I turned it on and found out that this prologue music had actually replaced your standard hourly tracks. Animal Crossing is kind of built on those hourly musics, and this was not an Animal Crossing game to me without it. The more that I listen to the song as I work to building up my island, the more I realized I was really 
getting into it. I, I liked the way it sounded. There was just something about watching the grass and the trees rustle, which was also really new to this game. As you hear the song, it just, it felt really nice and matched really well. Now I'm kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum. I hate that I'll never get to hear these songs again. I know that's super contradictory, but I also got out of the prologue really, really fast. So I didn't get a chance to hear the snowy renditions of these songs either, which actually don't apply until you get to phase five, six or seven. And just to reference, the phases are based on the different steps that you had to do. I don't know them all off the top of my head, like what constitutes being in stage two versus three. But if you could think of it as whenever Tom Nook is like, okay, lay your first two houses and have those built. That's like phase one and so on and so forth. So all that aside, though, most of the tracks in New Horizons showcase, you know, this acoustic guitar, as I mentioned before, it takes you to an island in your mind ready to kind of tackle the world as a new resident here. When you add in the shaker into this song, you have what might be one of the best songs that you'll ever hear in the start of a game. no idea there even were different music tracks for the different phases until we did this. I just figured it was the same the whole time. And honestly, it, it didn't bother me. I know a lot of people were talking about how disappointed they were that the hourly music was missing, but maybe it's just because I was so excited and so in awe of the game, but I probably wouldn't have even noticed until someone told me. Yeah, it's weird when we do these episodes, the little things that we learn just like this. For example, I didn't know where this was in the game when I listened to it. It wasn't until, Peter, you just told me when it took place. I was like, oh, wait, this is when I first get my tent. This is when I'm literally bare bones on the island just starting. This is a good track that I do enjoy. It didn't make my list, but I do like it a good bit. And you're right. You would think that they would at least have like a KK slider version or put it in a shop or somewhere in the game so that you would hear these again. But no, at least as far as I played, I never heard it again. Yeah. It kind of bummed me out a little bit. There's, there is no way to hear it again unless you start a new Island or something like that. And you can go back and listen, but I'm also with you, Carly. I did not know that there were different phases. If you listen to all seven of them in a row, aside from like one or two of the tracks, they're really very similar. So it's very easy to overlook that there are different amalgamations of this track kind of put together. That's how Nintendo gets you. You have to buy a new Switch and a new copy of the game to start a new island to hear the prologue music again. I know, because nobody wants to delete the original <laughs> island. <laughs> mm-hmm. Carly, let's hear what your number four is. 
My number four is fireworks festival. I had reached a point preparing for the podcast where I was pretty sure I had heard all of the tracks and then I was coming inside from taking the dogs out and this had come on autoplay. And I was like, what is the song? I don't even know this one. It's such a bop. I don't know if I have much more to say about it than that. It's just a lot of fun. I do think that the festival songs are a little bit more whole than the hourly songs. They're not made to sound as much like background music. So they sound a little more complete. The only reason this one is all the way down at number four is because it really doesn't mean anything to me in the context of the game. I did get to play a little bit during the fireworks festival, but I was like playing handheld. I probably didn't even have the music turned up. So I don't even remember hearing it, but I look forward to hearing it next year because I really love it. and I really like it. You're right. These quote unquote event tracks do sound more complete. I remember this because shamefully, this was the last time I played the game. I logged in just to see the fireworks and just to see the events that were kind of going on. And I never played it again until today when I was waiting on us, you know, to kind of sit down and record this. This was really close to being on my list without a doubt, though. All of the event music and and maybe to Carly's point, because it's whole and, and sounds more like a completed track, all of the event music is just really good. But there is something super special about the Fireworks Festival song. For us, when we were playing through, we had two major events before this. One was the Easter event, and I'm inserting like every evil zipper meme here for that. And then we had the wedding event, which both of them... If you minus the egg abomination that we had, I felt like both of them were really kind of lackluster. And this one was a very welcome treat. This one felt a lot more like, hey, we're joining together on our island and celebrating an event together. You saw all of the animals getting together, shooting fireworks and things like that. It was just a lot of fun and it felt by far the most on-brand Animal Crossing event that I've seen to date. Yeah, I just love the way that this event was executed. And I think that the song fit really perfectly with the idea of everybody lighting fireworks together. I also want to note that whatever dev programmed, being able to lose your balloon from running too fast with it <laughs> is evil oh. and deserves a special place in hell. You know, I was, when I booted the game up today, I looked at my inventory and I was like, there's two red balloons right here. I completely forgot what they did or that you could even lose them until you just said that. But that is kind of a cruel thing because I remember letting go of a balloon as a kid inadvertently and just bawling my eyes out. So if I was younger, odds are I would do it in a game too. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, how many kids have lost their balloons? It's the worst feeling in the world. That balloon is gone. It is gone forever. The devs intentionally put that in there to make our spirits crushed from such a beautiful game. How dare you? I agree. I don't know why that's a thing, but luckily I was told it was a thing before it happened to me. So I have kept all of my balloons. I didn't. Nobody told me. And let me tell you, (laughs) I felt like a little kid again. I remember running and I'm like, oh, what did I trip? My balloon. (laughs) It was such. Didn't you clip that out? So, you know, admittedly, that was my second time. I, the first time was pure shock and trying to figure out what in the hell just happened. But once I realized it was like a thing, I clipped it and put it on Twitter to try and warn everybody to not run with your balloons. I'm actually a little sad that you didn't lie about your balloon count, Cody, and say that you had 99 red balloons. (laughs) That That was the first thing I thought of. I'm sorry. No, not this time. We're not talking about Donkey Kong, all right? So let's not go there. All right, man. Why don't you uh, move into your number four? My number four is Island Tour Day Snow. In this game, you're on your own island. We know that. We've talked about that. However, if you wanted to stretch your legs and fly to another island to do some exploring, you can. While you are out on another island, this is the track that you hear. What makes this more distinct is the steel drums that play throughout this track. We all know I love my percussion and this track is full of it. This is the most tropical song on this soundtrack to me. joke my notes for this song are i see that cody's fondness for drums includes steel drums <laughs> that's what i have written down that's where uh, it started actually i i like this track i don't know if i like it as much as new leaf's island music but i do i like it, it sounds islandy it's nice and relaxing uh, no complaints so i find this song very oh. ironic no, no, no. I'm not. I'm, this isn't the bad part yet. We're getting to that. <laughs> um, when I listen to it at face value, it sounds like the type of song that plays on an island getaway where you go to relax, sip a pina colada and just sit on the beach. But instead, most of us go to these islands to do far more work here than we do on our own island. Oftentimes we're here looking for rocks to break, trees to cut down, things like that. So it's like raw irony to be here and have this peaceful track playing while we're sitting there working our buns off before heading back to our own island. As far as the track itself goes, I still think I'm more partial to the night tracks than I am the day tracks for this one. And that could just be, like I said, I play the majority of my Animal Crossing time at nights. So I 
definitely listen to it a lot more, but I personally prefer the night version of this than the day version. Well, yeah. And I mean, that again, you know, is personal preference, you know, as well. Well, all this is, I mean, it's our list. So duh, Cody. It is kind of ironic that you go to these islands to do all this work and you have this, you know, nice tropical music playing in the background. And I almost think that was intentional and not in a bad way, but more to kind of bring a little bit of peace instead of, you know, you're working hard or, you know, what have you. I don't even know how I would describe like a quote unquote hard work animal crossing track because I don't think one could ever exist given what these songs are. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it makes sense. When I think about it, there's multiple different islands that you can hit while you're here. So I feel like it's more the stress of getting the one that you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for shark islands so that you could catch a million sharks or whatever it may be. One of the things that really stands out was I remember finding out about how to trigger a tarantula island before that was actually its own separate island. And that was a lot of work. You had to clear all this stuff out of the island and basically make it completely empty in order to make that work. Have either of you guys done that? I have not. I haven't either. Okay. So I'm just the insane one here. No, I think everyone or most people do that. I honestly, I almost never go on Island tours. I go if I need to steal trees and I don't feel like waiting for them to grow or if I'm looking for a villager and that's it. I did early on. I had every fruit except for cherries. That was the only one that I missed. And I would still go later on when I played just as something to do after I got done with my chores back home, because you could always find like the odd fossil or something. I mean, there was money to be made on these islands. So I would do it a good bit. And funny side note to this, Peter had cherries the whole time and I actually had to get my cherries (laughs) from him. (laughs) I thought you were going to say that I didn't give them to you and I was going to be like, well, that's that's pretty on brand. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, you did give them to me because I remember showing up to your island for the first time and you had picked every tree clean except the one and just left me with three cherries. And I was like, I respect it. You know? so <laughs> I just took the three and started my hustle back home. And since then, people have needed like fruits from me and I'll still just give them the three. Yeah, that's the way to do it, man. Don't don't be stingy. Just take three and call it a day. All right, man. What is number four? My number four is the timed minigame song. The first time that someone asked me to play a mini game with them, I believe it was like a hide and seek thing. They, they hit an item on the map and you had to go out and find it within three minutes and bring it back to them. I was a little reluctant to play it. Oftentimes I am logged in for a specific reason, so I don't really bother too much with what the villagers are saying unless they are surprised and they want to give me a reaction or If I see them with a little cloud above their head and they're trying to leave my island, in which case I say no. But when I tried one of these mini games for the first time, I was actually blown away by this music. It's really peppy and upbeat, but where it shines are the brass instruments. The composers use what's called a flugelhorn, which is in the family of the trumpet and trombone. And it just carries this melody with such a rich sound and then the baritone in the background just kind of like tooting along to the, to the offbeat there. It just really puts me in such a pleasant mood. 
every time I hear it. I challenge you to listen to the song while you're walking somewhere out in the mall or something whenever COVID passes and see if your step doesn't magically add a little hop to it. for a walk and listen to see if you're right i mean listening to this track i can imagine it would put some pep in my step oddly enough i never played a mini game with someone i knew you could create your own and whatnot but i'm not creative in that way at all but i mean having said that and you know my memory is tied to it being nil i did like this track and you described it perfectly particularly with the horns which i didn't know what the hell they were so good job bud I was really glad to see this track on your list because I love it. I don't really know why I didn't make it on my list, but I think it's great. I also have only maybe played two mini games with my villagers, so I haven't heard it a whole lot. But I do think that in the fishing tourney, when you're in the actual round catching your fish, I want to say this plays. That's a good question. I actually don't know. It was funny, actually. I was listening to Cody saying something about not being creative enough to play mini games. And I immediately thought back to some of your streams, Carly, where you would have some people join into your game and you would set up like little mini games for them to play, which bug catching or fishing or what have you using the little timer that you get for yourself and things like that. So two opposite ends of the spectrum there. (laughs) I don't remember that. Oh, I believe you, but I don't remember that. (laughs) Do you remember the time when you gave me 300 million bells? 300 million? Yeah, no. 300,000. At this point, you don't remember anything. So I'm just going to say things that you've done. (laughs) I would believe you. I know. And you'd be right on board and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Of course. (laughs) Of course I do. Carly, why don't you go ahead and tell me your number three? Okay. My number three is 7 p.m. So you guys are talking about how you play a lot at 6 p.m. For me, it's 7 p.m. Unlike my other favorite hourly songs, this one I actually get to hear a lot. It's a really common playtime for me because this is about the time that I'm done with whatever I have to do for the day. It's time to relax and wind down for bed. Funnily enough, when I was playing this game earlier this week, my husband started mindlessly humming along to the song and I got excited and I told him about how this song was on my list. And he said to me, I'll be honest, I forgot the music was even hourly. I just thought this was the only song in the entire game. That's how often I play at 7 p.m. I don't remember always loving this track, but it's grown on me a ton. And I just love the way that it sounds. This is one of the few songs that will make me not want to go inside any buildings because I don't want to interrupt it. To me, it sounds bittersweet. And when I was trying to come up with an explanation of how this track makes me feel, 
All I could think of was a quote from episode one of Fully Cooly, where Mamimi is talking about how much she likes Tosku. So all I can say is I like this song more than hard bread. Sweet is a great way to describe this track. And you're right. This is a hard track to describe. This is a very slow track, almost needlessly slow. In a way, it gives you a sense that your day is wrapping up. So it's very fitting for this time of day. This is a clear transition from the louder, more energetic daytime tracks to the softer and slower nighttime tracks. Interesting note that I had about this, though, is I was playing this, like I said, right before we started recording, and the regular 7 p.m. music was playing, not the snow track. And I don't know why that is. Because it wasn't snowing. Yeah, it was. There was like snow going around and that kind of thing. What? There can be snow on the ground, but was snow falling from the sky? Yes. Okay, then I have no idea. Your game, your game was broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I assume. But I saw that was on your list and that was just my last little tidbit in there because I was like, wait, I just listened to this track and I'm seeing snowflakes and I'm not hearing the bells. So that was my only like note on that front. But yeah, I do enjoy this track. I want to say that your husband's comment is like the most on-brand comment for him. <laughs> I was like listening and laughing. <laughs> oh man, that's that's very fitting for him. 7 p.m. is another hour that fits in with that after work time period that I play. And in like you, it's probably one of the ones I hear a little more frequently. It's also interesting because I feel like this is another song along with the 6 p.m. version that actually doesn't sound as good with the snowy sleigh bells that go with it, which kind of is a bummer because I'm very torn. I want to use snow tracks for this given when this is coming out but at the same time i feel like the percussion in the sunny version of this adds something that this track just needs to be kind of complete even the rain version i'm not that much of a fan of i do like the way that animal crossing handles this i actually talk about this in episode five with our persona five episode but whenever it is raining or snowing they take out the percussion and kind of do like a acoustic version of the song again barring the fact that the snow version has more of the sleigh bells that kind of come with it i like the way that that's handled take out the percussion anytime it's raining or snowing and put this in keep the track the same and that's great i think that's that's a good addition but nothing beats the the sunny version than this one does they also take out I'm fairly certain any bass and they replace it with like a a marimba, I want to say kind of sound, which sometimes 
fits. But for this song, I agree. I don't think the snowy or rainy version is as good. All right, Cody, why don't you tell us what your number three is? My number three is Fishing Tourney and Bug Off. Every once in a while, you get a chance in the game to compete in a fishing tournament or a bug catching competition. In my experience, I would go see CJ and try my hand at fishing. You have three minutes to basically catch all the fish you can, and you are awarded trophies for winning. This is what plays during those three minutes. While it isn't dramatically different from some of the other tracks we have heard, it's the horns that really give it almost a Cajun sound to it. That distinctive swing is what really makes this track stand out to me. love this song. To me, it sounds like hanging out in the summertime and it makes me want to go outside and eat ice cream. I love it. I must be the oddball of this group because (laughs) (laughs) this was, I think of, of your whole list, Cody, this was the one I didn't like flat out. It's not, yeah, it's not that it's a bad track. Obviously all the music in Animal Crossing is good. We wouldn't be talking about it now if it wasn't. Something about this song just it doesn't do anything for me. I kind of associated a little bit with the event because I actually am not a fan of the fishing or the bug off events. I think that they are ridiculously hard for being what they are. And they just they're just not that fun for me. And it's a shame because they have so many of them. I think there's like four fishing tournaments in the spring then there's like six bug offs in the summer. And then there's four more fishing ones in the fall or something like that. There's just a lot of them. And for me to not enjoy them, it's, it kind of puts a little damper on my day. Yeah. It's just not really my favorite track. No. And Mm. I mean, that's totally okay. And and they were hard. I think I only did like maybe two in total. So I don't have like a whole lot of memory to the gameplay. It was just more, you know, again, something to do after all my, chores were done but for whatever reason when i listen to this it takes me straight back to when i went to new orleans you know it has that swing and sound to it and that's the distinctive part that made it stand out from everything else that's on this soundtrack and that's just kind of what i thought about it i should probably note when i say that they're hard you can complete any of these events the bug catching or the fishing with I think a minimum of three to earn points. It's just, it's a a very strong grind that is not really present in such a short amount of time in this game. Animal Crossing in and of itself is a grind, right? 
you're grinding to pay your loans, you're grinding to fill the museum, things like that. But this is such a crunch. You get the one day for, I think it's like five or six hours or something like that to try and get everything done. And for the most part, they've landed on times where I've not been able to get as many as I would want done. So it's like, I feel like I'm always rushing to complete them, you know, trying to get 10 fish or 10 bugs, which gives you the maximum amount of points to be able to redeem the different goodies that CJ has. So I I don't want to say that it's hard and, and people be like, oh my God, it's not, it's the easiest thing in the world. I mean, yes, the premise is easy, but the grind is, is really what I'm referring to there. It is a bit of a grind, but I do think that the more people you have playing at once on the Island, the more like bonus points you get. So it goes faster if you play with friends. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I haven't, I don't think I've ever invited anybody. I've had people over for just random things like shooting stars or something like that. And we've all hung out for stuff like that. But I don't think I've ever invited anybody for a tournament like this. So maybe next time they start coming around again, we'll have to all group together and see how that works. It is a little bit annoying because everyone has to like talk to CJ every single time that you do a round. So it does involve more waiting in between rounds, but you do get more points. So you have to do a little bit less. All right, Peter, what is your number three? My number three is the shop closing theme. So I knew this song was going to go on my list because I was fascinated that it existed. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But when I heard it, I didn't pay attention too much to it until I listened to it for this episode. And I realized something that I think this is supposed to be a a light remix to the Brewster song. At least sure as heck sounds like it to me. The first time I actually heard the song, I was really wigged out. I thought something was wrong with my game or something was happening to the shop that I didn't know about. So I sent a tweet about it and it turns out that in Japan, apparently whenever stores are about to close, they also play different music over the like PA system. So this was actually a bit of a cultural learning for me that I wasn't aware of. Brewster's song is, has always been my favorite song. I use it a lot in Smash Brothers on the Animal Crossing stage. And the fact that they were able to throw this in here despite the absence of Brewster himself made me really happy. It is unfortunate that you only get about 10 minutes to hear the song. I think that's when it plays like from 9.50 to 10 before the store closes. But it's totally worth it if you are playing during that time to pop on and listen to it. I didn't know that about the shops in Japan. I mean, we should really start doing that here too, but no one would listen to it. Like nobody listens to PA announcements. 
my only note for this was this is the most unique song on the soundtrack so far. This was so close to being on my list that it wasn't even funny. I'm not sure if I ever heard this track playing the game, though. This was a nice little gem for me to discover when I was listening to this, for sure. I'll be honest, if I didn't see this song on your list, I probably would have never known that it existed because I'm usually in bed by this time. You old lady. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I'll also be honest, I don't hear the Brewster song in there, but it does remind me of something you would hear in a cafe or in an old movie that takes place in the time period in which women wore hoop skirts and carried parasols. That's what it sounds like to me. But I got to say, it doesn't do it for me. It, uh, it doesn't give me any feelings. You know what? You don't give me any feelings, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it might be a little bit of a stretch that it sounds like the Brewster song. I think I just really miss Brewster. I, <laughs> I think that's what I it really too. boils down to. Okay, we're hitting our number twos here. And so this is where there's a little bit of overlap. So we're going to switch it up a little bit and kind of go in a different order. So we're going to start with you, Cody. So go ahead with your number two. My number two is museum art. While this isn't my favorite version of this song, it is the best. This doesn't even sound like it belongs at a museum. There's something oddly regal about this track. And when I hear it, it makes me think of Beauty and the Beast, but don't ask me why. The way the violin flows through this track is beautiful to me and makes it sound so much more impressive than the other versions of this song. Personally, I like the fish exhibit rooms better, but I have to respect how good a track this is. so happy that this is on your list and I totally agree that the art version is not my favorite but it's the best it sounds the most complete I really wanted to put one of the museum songs on my list because I have things to say about it but like I said I didn't like the art version the best and all the rest of the versions didn't sound complete enough to put them on my list I love the museum song because you know I, I liked it to begin with but also you know, my husband and I, we really like the movie Your Name. And there's a song in that movie called Sparkle. And it has a very similar sounding piano part in it to the museum song that you can hear, especially if you're listening to like museum entrance. And that song is actually what we played in our tiny UPS store marriage. And we're going to play it at our wedding as well. So, and that's one of the reasons I liked that song is because it reminded me of the museum music. So I was happy you put it on your list. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it's weird because me, 
I was all about the museum. That was my thing that I loved to do. Not the bug catching so much, but specifically the fishing and the finding of the fossils. So whenever the update happened and Red showed up, I think I went in that room once, maybe. So to hear this so much later in the soundtrack, at first I did have other museum tracks on here. I had multiple, an embarrassing amount at one point. But once I heard this one, there was no way I could put any other. This is just the best one. This goes back to the fact that it sucks that we can only pick five songs because I wanted to throw a museum song on my list too. Mine probably would have been, if we're talking personal favorites, it would have been the one of the fossil areas. But like it's been said, the art area just sounds by far the most complete, most whole of all the tracks. The only thing I would disagree with as far as what you were saying, Cody, was that I do think this fits in like an art museum. When I think of art and and being like an art connoisseur, like this is the kind of music I hear that regal sounding, very fancy, something that I could never afford going to personally. <laughs> this is what I would hear. So I really like the fact that you picked this track. Something I noted about this was that this is the same music that they've used since Wild World. The Animal Crossing GameCube version did not have as nice of a song. It was actually really bad. Then they switched it to what it is now in Wild World, and they did the same thing where going into the fish area or the bug area had kind of a different tone to it to fit that general area. I don't know how it was in New Leaf as far as the museum goes there, but I do know that one of the things that they added to this version is because there are now multiple rooms that you can go to for each section, minus the art room, they also have small variations to the way that those sound as well. So there was actually three for the fossil, three for the bugs, and three for the fish. And then there's just one giant area for the art. The only only thing I don't like about the art area is how stingy Red is. I feel like he's given more fake art in this game than he has in the past. I don't know if you guys have had the same experience or not. For sure. And we're covering all of our bases because my favorites are actually in the bug areas. Wow, look at that. We got all three. See, if we would have had more songs, then we could have actually covered <laughs> all the all the museum songs and we would have all been happy. Everything except the entrance, which is one that we're not talking about. But guess what? It's all the same song, just mm-hmm. like variations. And Peter, to answer your question, I only encountered Red once. Oh, maybe that's because you never play. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it could be. But back like when that update happened, it was still in my peak playtime. And I was on it daily for months and i think i only saw him once maybe twice and that was it i never saw him again but yes you're right i haven't played since the summer so (laughs) that could be a thing too you know i feel like i remember a lot of people complaining that the balance of the guests that would come to your island was not quite there yet so i i think i remember red showing up when he was first introduced and then kind of disappearing from my island for like a week and a half or something like that Yeah, it could be something. I'm not sure like how frequently he was supposed to show up, but I always looked forward to it when he did. Also, shout out to Red because his boat music almost made my list at one point. All right, Carly, let's hear what your number two is. 
My number two is 5 a.m., specifically the snowy version. And we kind of touched on this earlier, but I really think for a lot of the hourly tracks, I like the sunny version the best. I feel like the snowy and rainy versions, they're like missing something. But that's not the case for this one. I feel like the 5 a.m. snowy version is just so much better. There's something about the droning notes in the background and the, I don't know what to call it, blank space in the music that reminds me of winter in New Jersey, which is where pretty much all of my snowy memories are from now that I live in Florida. I don't get to hear 5 a.m. much. Usually by the time I hop on the game, it's 7, maybe 6 a.m., but I wish that I got to hear it more because I love it. I love this track. I was never up this early. And if I was, I was typically just getting ready for work. So I never heard this before doing my research. Of all of the hourly tracks, I think this is the best one. This is one of the most calming tracks on this soundtrack, hands down. You are right about the sleigh bells. In other tracks, they seem like a random addition. But in this, they really add to the track for this time of year. I can't really picture this track without them. And honestly, I really don't want to. So I want to actually start this because I'm, I was like laughing. I had to mute myself because I was laughing so hard actually, but you guys are like, yeah, I don't hear 5am because I don't wake up early enough to hear it. And I'm over here like, oh yeah, I've stayed up late enough to hear 5am. <laughs> it just goes to show the difference in like how our lives are. You guys go to bed early and wake up early. I'm just like, no, I've stayed up that late. <laughs> <laughs> but 5am actually did make it onto my list. It is one of my favorite tracks of all time. And I have it on my list as number one, actually. So the late night hours for me, though, are definitely some of my favorite times to play. And this game is absolutely no different, especially nowadays when I've got a lot of stuff going on with, you know, my wife and my kid and everything like that. It's hard to find time during the day to really play games. So nighttime is really where all of that happens. There are a few tracks at the late night hours that are a little odd. And I'm looking at you 3 a.m. because you are just bizarre. There's still quite a few late night to early morning hours that have some real gems. The Snow Edition replaces the shaker and it brings in these sleigh bells, which is a really nice touch across all of the hourly music. Although I don't think that it, it always complements them the best as we've talked about through the other songs on this list. But this song in particular is so tranquil. I could easily fall asleep and have fallen asleep to it. It is very serene and fits well for those nights where you're up late taking care of some last minute things or, you know, just watching the night sky waiting for some shooting stars. I was surprised to see this on your list because I feel like in past episodes, you've talked about how 
meditative tracks are not really your jam. And this is one that I would describe as kind of meditative. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't typically go for them, but for Animal Crossing, I feel like it's just a whole different ball game, right? I feel like my brain is geared differently when I'm playing that. So it's like, I want the more peaceful tracks. I want the more serene tracks, but yeah, something about being a slight insomniac and just being up that late all the time is having something like this to really just kind of soothe the nerves. Um, because whatever way you look at it, when you're up that late, uh, it takes a toll on your body and on your mind. So having something like that kind of really grounds me and brings me back. And it can be so peaceful. Sometimes I've fallen asleep to where my switch is just like either died or turned itself off in the process. It's something that we haven't really taken into account though, is this is a real relaxing game period. There's something that just fills you with kind of like serotonin whenever you're doing this grind of collecting your apples or your oranges in the day-to-day nature of it. So while it is a rare pick for you, Peter, it does kind of make sense when you take a step back and actually look at what the game is itself. I do remember an Instagram story from your wife of you asleep on the couch, one Joy-Con in each hand, your character just mindlessly wandering around. (laughs) Yeah. I guess when I fall asleep or am falling asleep while playing the game, I still think that I'm playing. So like my (laughs) thumb is still pushing the Joy-Con just the tiniest bit. And I do like this very slow (laughs) eastwardly walk and (laughs) she'll look up at me and then she takes, you know, embarrassing photos and then they get posted on the internet for everybody to see. (laughs) That was so funny to see because I was just randomly going through Instagram like we do and your wife popped up and I just see you laying there both arms up why they were up I have no idea and just yeah doing the slow walk and I was like damn man you can take a break from playing and take a nap if you want it's okay like the island's not going anywhere sometimes it's comfortable to to put your arms up over your head if you're laying down on the couch especially separate joy cons yeah yeah that's the one thing I love about that controller is I could just lay whatever way I'm comfortable and allow that to work for me. But it's basically me graduating to adulthood and having a baby and things like that, where I just fall asleep now, wherever I am. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. All right, Peter, what is your number two? My number two is New Year's Day, 12 a.m. I know we haven't actually reached this area yet, We're close. And by the time this airs, we'll be really close. But Nintendo has crafted such a wonderful intro song for this game. During development, they had to have all looked at one another and were like, hey, is there any way that we can make this intro any better than it already is as like a New Year's jam? And one of the composers was like, oh, yeah, let's just make it in the style of a big band. And from that day forward, my soul was crushed into a million pieces by how good it is. It's got all of the elements that you've come to know and love if you listen to big band music at all. And let's be real. The only thing better than normal bass is an upright bass. We may not have gotten to hear this track yet, but that did not stop me from putting this on as the second song on my list.
and it did not stop me from putting it as my number one, honestly. At this point, we have heard a version of this song many times on this soundtrack. However, this track only gets played for an hour or two every year between midnight and 2 a.m. on New Year's Day. While all the other versions of this track are quite quaint, this track is anything but. It's the same song, but performed by a full orchestra. Compared to many of the other tracks, this is just over the top, but that's what makes it so damn good to me. I agree. I think that it's really good. I love me some big band and some upright bass. I I don't have strong feelings about it. And now I'm going to go hide because I know you're both going to be upset with me. I think it's good. I just don't have any strong feelings about it. I am. Yeah, I'm going to just cut all your parts out of this. So (laughs) it's actually just going to be Cody and I from now on. Um, (laughs) No, I get it. It's like, how do you quantify a song that you can only hear for a few hours a year? Right. But I think that Animal Crossing delivers something really special for their New Year's. I'm not sure how many times you've done it for New Leaf, but I know that I did it a ton for the original game and I did it a ton for Wild World and I will do it a ton for this game as well. But I will boot up every year on December 31st and just watch the countdown that gets placed wherever it is in in my town and just celebrate with all of the Animal Crossing people. The reason I like this so much is because they did something different that they haven't done in any of the previous games which was give me all this different music leading up to this countdown. Like before it was just your normal hourly music. And now we've got all of this, like this whole buildup to the new year. I was like, this is phenomenal that you already had a game that did new years really well. And you've just added another element onto that. Yeah. And to piggyback kind of like off what you were saying, one of the reasons why it's my number one, a lot of the other tracks that, use this because this is used in hourly tracks like throughout this game right none of those to me really did something special with this theme and once i hear it multiple times you know adding in the rain taking it out adding in snow taking it out it kind of gets a bit old to me in a way so whenever i heard this this just elevated what this entire soundtrack is kind of based off of to a new level for me. And that kind of is why it's my number one is because they took what I honestly thought was a mildly boring track and ended up just being obnoxiously over the top with it. I have a confession and maybe it's because I used to be an avid time traveler, but I think in Wild World and New Leaf, I must have missed every single event. I don't remember any of them. I think I was never there for them. I, I know I did fireworks in New Leaf for the sake of recording them. I don't even know if I did that at the time that fireworks actually happened. So hmm. I've never heard New Year's Eve in Animal Crossing. I do think it's really cool that they update the music every couple hours or whatever it is. I'm excited to see it eventually. But yeah, I've, I've never seen New Year's Eve in Animal Crossing before. I haven't either. Why, why did we bring you onto this episode? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, even though we are going to cut all your parts out of this and nobody's (laughs) ever going to hear you anyways, why don't you uh, finish us off and tell us what your number one is? 
Okay. My number one is 4am. This was my favorite song on the soundtrack, even before the game was released. I remember listening to the hourly music while I did schoolwork, just because I was so hyped. And this is the only song that came on that I immediately loved and immediately had feelings about. When I was growing up, my family had a boat. Most of the time, we just take it out during the day and we come back by sunset. But every once in a while, especially on 4th of July, we would take it out at night to watch fireworks. And as we would cruise back real slow around New York City in the dark, my parents would always put on the song Night Ride Home by Joni Mitchell. And as soon as I heard this track, it reminded me of that song. When I started getting ready for the podcast, I wanted to try and figure out why 4am reminded me of Night Ride Home so much, because to be honest, the tracks sound absolutely nothing alike. So I sent this track to my mom and I made her listen to it and I asked her, can you listen to this track and tell me if it gives you Joni Mitchell vibes? And she said, it certainly does. When I asked her if she could think of a musical reason as to why, she said that the chords are unique and that Joni Mitchell always tunes her guitar differently from the standard tuning. So she always has very unique chords in her music. And she wrapped up by saying Night Ride Home is a great example of that. And I think that she's right. As I said before, the two songs are not anything alike, but the chords just elicit the same kind of feeling. So for me, this is a very nostalgic track and just a little bit melancholy, which is exactly how my favorite New Leaf track is as well. So first of all, if you haven't been to New York City for the 4th of July, you really need to because it's an amazing experience. Your story here is amazing and I love it. Before living in Texas, my grandparents lived in Rumson, New Jersey. And I remember taking their boat out down the river and into the bay where I could clearly see New York City. I'm 99% sure that that was the thing that happened. So thank you for triggering a long lost memory. <laughs> I do. I do appreciate it because I did. I called up my dad and I was like, didn't we do that? And he was like, yeah, we did. And I was like, oh, OK, awesome. I think your mom nailed it. I had to go listen to that song you were comparing it to because I didn't know it. Honestly, you're right. These two songs could not be more different. But if you actually listen carefully, some of the chords are actually similar. It's not on my list, but because this is such a nostalgic track, it's easy to see why it's your number one. I absolutely love this. I also did not know Joni Mitchell. And I was actually talking to my wife about this, saying like, I feel like all of us have those songs that we listen to as kids that, you know, our parents were playing or whatever, and they mean everything to us. But if we were like, Oh, listen, how great this song is. And we play it to somebody else. They're just like, what in the hell were you listening to as a kid? <laughs> um, uh -huh. 
This song is really neat in that it has a lot of the pause breaks in the instruments and doesn't really have a whole lot of structure. It doesn't follow the same format as the rest of the hourly tracks do. I likened it to like organized chaos, um, but it's mm. a, but it's a good kind of chaos. When I listened to the Joni Mitchell song that you had mentioned and listened to this, I definitely heard a lot of the similarities from the music side. She uses a lot of the same instruments in her track that build up to this track as well. So the two of them kind of, you know, you couldn't lay them on top of one another and be like, oh yeah, they're, they're identical. It would never happen. But I could hear the similarities enough to say like, if I had a strong connection to the Joni Mitchell song, hearing this song would definitely spark that feeling as well. The only caveat that I have to this song is that of all the late night hour songs between we'll say 12 a.m. and 6 a.m. or something like that. So anything from one to five, this is probably the second to the last on my list. <laughs> I mentioned it before, but 3 a.m. is terrible. I will never, ever <laughs> pick 3 a.m. But 4 a.m., thankfully, it gets better than what 3 a.m. is, but it doesn't say a whole lot to it, unfortunately. And then you move into 5 a.m. and that's just beautiful. So unfortunately, not a, a huge fan personally, but definitely loved the story that came with it. I think that's a, it's really endearing when we find songs that liken back to something of our, in our childhood. Yeah, that's totally fair. And I'm glad to hear that I'm not crazy because I was trying to put my finger on it and I really couldn't. I, was like, I have no idea why the song reminds me of that one, but it's good to know that you guys can kind of hear what I'm talking about. Oh, people who listen to our Sonic episode know that I know exactly what you feel like. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Yeah, I think in our Sonic episode, you had ground control to Major Tom reference, right? Yep. Once yeah. again, comparing Sonic 2 to David Bowie. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely not not uncommon. And and like I said, coming from somebody who has never listened to that Joni Mitchell song ever, I could hear what you were referencing there. So not crazy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are at the end of our episode. As sad as it is, we say it all the time. Five songs is never enough for any of our soundtracks. But when you've got almost 200 tracks, if you're counting the KK songs with it, this was a really difficult one to narrow down. Yeah, this was so long. And even the ones we did listen to, like you said, we narrowed it down and there was still a lot to go through. And what's weird is that a lot of times like on our longer soundtracks, there are a lot of them that only have two seconds, nine seconds, 30 second tracks. And those we can get through pretty quickly. But all of these were at least two minutes. For sure. And I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be easy to pick my top five and it definitely wasn't. So I had a lot more KK songs I wanted to put on there and I couldn't. <laughs> I know I was, I wanted to put KK songs on. And I was like, how do I justify putting a KK song on when there are other tracks that are just so good and that are specific to New Horizon? I do try and pick things that are specific to the game for that reason. I've done that a lot in like the Zelda ones where I won't choose Zelda's Lullaby because it's such a staple. And the same is with the KK songs. It's like they've been around since the dawn of time. So it's like, why add them, you know, go listen to them anyways. Cause they're just, they're just that good. 
but I wanted to showcase kind of what makes New Horizon, you know, shine. I did have a bit of a little fun fact here. As I was listening to the soundtrack, there are three songs that KK will play for you whenever you either don't put in a song that he knows or mess it up or something like that. They label them as invalid songs or Hazure, H-A-Z-U-R-E, something like that. And I was listening through them because I just thought they were just random jams, nothing big, until I came across the first one. And I realized that it's actually the title song from Animal Crossing Wild World. And I was blown away that I had never heard that. I don't typically put in the incorrect song. I usually know what I want when I go to KK. And I thought that was a a nice little Easter egg that they put into the game. Huh. I have only tried to request a song once and it was Bubblegum KK before I had a copy of that. And I remember that I tried typing it in and then he played something totally different. But I was so appalled that it wasn't Bubblegum KK (laughs) that I I don't even remember what it was. But that's interesting. I just today got to the point where I can start the process to invite KK to my island. So this is something I'll eventually get to probably in two years. How are you so far behind? (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, like my big thing when I play Animal Crossing is getting my house, beefing it up and doing that and then doing the museum. Those are the only reasons why I play Animal Crossing. That's where I personally get my enjoyment out of it. So yeah, I never rolled credits on this thing. It wasn't until I went to the community center today where Isabel's like, you might want to talk to Tom Nook and see what he has for you. And it wasn't until I did that, they were like, all right, well, you need to build a campsite. I'm like, okay, well, let me go get my materials. I don't believe in judging gamers, but you are- You're going to judge the hell out of me. You are an embarrassment to the Animal Crossing community. (laughs) (laughs) I never claimed to be part of it, okay? I'm just, you know- on the outside, with I have fun with my little game. You guys who go ham, you go ham. Just leave me in my little rock garden alone, okay? <laughs> and yes, I do have a rock garden. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I am surprised. I thought for some reason that you were a little further along than that. I figured most people had gotten through the, the KK piece, you know, by this point. But clearly you're too busy playing Halo, so stop that and go play Animal Crossing. <laughs> I, you just said that I looked up and there my Xbox is on. Right. And it's like, <laughs> hey, you're this close to this achievement in Halo. And I was like, damn it, Peter. <laughs> Before we we wrap up, I do have a question of the episode. I feel like this one's a pretty diverse one and the answers are probably going to be all over the place for it. But I feel like I would be remiss if I did not ask this because it's the question to ask whenever you're playing an Animal Crossing game. But who is your favorite villager of all time in Animal Crossing ever? Cody, we'll start with you on this one. I did ask Peter, so this isn't cheating. He said anyone who lives on the island counts because I'm counting my homeboy Blathers. Because I spent so much time in the museum, he would most of the time be the only person I would talk to. I love him. I love like in one of the tracks that we didn't put on the list, whenever you first get him on your island, that they have little notes in there that sound like hoots, which I really appreciate because Blathers is now. He's always asleep during the day. So I would always go in there and be that butthole that would wake him up to tell him if my fossil was good or not. But yeah, I just enjoy Blathers a whole lot. 
I love blathers too. I hadn't thought about picking an NPC. Well, they're all NPCs, I guess. I hadn't thought about picking, you know, one of the default animal villagers, I guess. What do you call them? They're not villagers. The townsfolk, maybe? I, I guess. They're, yeah, they're all townsfolk, too. What are those guys classified as? I, <laughs> I don't they know. don't have a home. Yeah, they live in their, their respective buildings. With blathers, that is true. I mean, you go in there and he's just right there sleeping. Shop owners, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Employees. Yeah, employees. I don't know. I'm with you on Blathers. I like I like his personality in general. I think he's a good pick as a favorite just for the simple fact that he's so sophisticated and so refined until you show him a bug. Yes. <laughs> and then he just loses his mind. We haven't noted this at all in any of this, but one of the cool things about Animal Crossing games is that they speak something called animalese. And if you listen carefully to it, it's like the first and the last syllables are pretty much what the English language is. So if you listen, you can actually hear what they're saying, even though it's a little bit garbled as they're saying it. One thing you can hear very clearly is whenever you give Blather something and he goes, hoo hoo. <laughs> yes. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that animalese is that they say every letter just really fast. Oh, you might be right. Actually, that sounds very familiar. And I think that probably makes more sense. So depending on the word and the letters that are in it, sometimes it does sound a lot like it. Right. How about you, Carly? Who is your favorite villager of all time? This is an impossible question. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) if I have to pick one, Right now, I would say it's Tybalt. I love the Jock Villagers. I'm a little bit of a gym rat, so I really appreciate them. Also, back in my first Animal Crossing game, Wild World, one of my original BFFs, if you will, was Antonio. He was like the first villager that I actually was like, wow, you're really cool. We're going to be friends. Um, I loved him. So Tybalt is a jock and he is a tiger, so he's extra snuggly. But the main reason that I really love him is because I adopted him from Mrs. Jive Pants. She had Tybalt on her island and I visited and I said, oh my goodness, I love him. He's so snuggly. And so when he asked to move out, she gave him up so that I could have him. So he is my favorite right now. Mrs. Jive Pants, the real MVP here. Mm -hmm. Have you ever watched... That Will Ferrell and John, what's his face? Oh, I forget what his last name is now. It's that movie where they're, oh, Step Brothers. And they have that one moment where they're like, what? Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That's how I felt when you said Tybalt, because he's also my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you could ask my wife. We have this spreadsheet of what we wanted our ideal town to look like and who we wanted in it and so on and so forth. When we talked about villagers, we have a list of people that can be traded off if that person comes and then people that are untouchable. And so for her, Marina is untouchable. I'm not allowed to ever get rid of Marina. She will absolutely kill me or delete my save file or maybe even break (laughs) the switch. I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid to find out what happened, so I won't touch Marina. But for me, it's Tybalt. He was one of the very first villagers that I had gotten in the OG game. And I was actually sad when they removed him out of wild world and he hadn't showed back up until I think new leaf, he came back, but 
yeah, he was gone for a little while there and you couldn't get him, but he was just always, he reminds me of a lot of the old memories I have of Animal Crossing. Uh, he's a lot of fun to have on the island. He is the jock type, which is actually not my favorite type. I actually go for more of the the bubbly cutesy Chrissies and things like that, or even the normal types like Fauna and things like that. Yeah, I just, I love him. I love his personality. I love the way he carries himself. And like you said, he's a tiger. Who doesn't love tigers? <laughs> I'm going to take your guys' word for both of these because I have no idea who Tipple is. <laughs> You've got to look just him up. He's a snuggly boy. Yeah, he's such a snuggly boy. And he says grah at the end of all of his sentences. <laughs> so oh, does he really? Yes. It's like yeah, that, is <laughs> that is you something know, that's cute about all the villagers is that they all have their own little saying. It's like their own period at the end of whatever they're going to tell you. Yeah. You know who he reminds me of? If you played Diddy Kong Racing, I think there was a tiger called Timber or something like that. And yeah. and he would go like a little gra, and that's what it reminds me of. I never made that connection, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. And that's a game for another time because let, don't get me started on Donkey Kong. So Oh yes. Yes, our resident Donkey Kong lover here will, <laughs> will create a second episode. <laughs> don't tempt me. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. As always, I got to thank Cody for being part of this the whole way through. Thank you, Cody, for being here. You're welcome, bud. Anytime. And of course, Carly, for making a guest appearance. Aside from Splatoon, I thought this was a very fitting episode for you. And I promise you, if we ever do a Splatoon episode, you will be the first person we call. Okay, well, that's good to hear, because if you did do a Splatoon episode without me, I'd probably terminate our friendship right then and there. No, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a blast to be on one of my favorite podcasts, talking about one of my favorite games. Nice. You said exactly what we paid you to say. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for paying Um, me. (laughs) Carly, if, if anybody is listening and wants to find you around the Internet to chat video games or anything like that, where would be the best places for them to look? I exist on Instagram and Twitter and most other things that have a handle at Kyo Kaleido, which is impossible to spell C-O-Y-O underscore K-A-L-E-I-D-O. That's right. Kyo is in Coyote and Kaleido is in Kaleidoscope. Exactly. Easiest way I think I've figured it out. (laughs) Yeah, that is the easiest way. My simple brain has to break it down. (laughs) All right, guys, we're out of here for now. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you in two weeks for our next one. So take care and have a great holiday. Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Peter Thomas says, hi, Cliff, BB. Uh, I love you too, Cliff. Peter Thomas, we need to get naked.